Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 533, recording today, Wednesday, the 16th of May, 2018. Uh, this is the podcast to do with music technology, uh, synthesizers, controllers, software, DJ stuff, music production, live production, anything to do with the technology involved in making, performing, sometimes selling, whatever kind of music. So uh, this is going to last about an hour if this is your first time please subscribe to us on on youtube our youtube channel is sonic state and you'll get a notification every time we go live which is wednesday 4 p.m most times in fact uh we had a couple of breaks because uh super booth was not last week the week before and uh, there's still quite a lot of stuff coming out from that super booth of course big show in berlin and uh, we want to welcome our guests uh, before i do that i just want to say uh, thank you very much to isotope uh, if you're into uh, neutron mastering processing your audio in any way uh, you can win a copy of neutron 2 a little bit later on it's about halfway through the show so uh, let's bring our chatties in we've got uh, the youtube chat room which uh, if you subscribe you'll be able to just grab that youtube.com forward slash sonic state slash live that'll give you that and also our friends in the irc chat room which is our old school chat which i have not titled properly this week i forgot to update the title apologies to all of you people uh, my admin skills are a bit slack uh, anyway let's say hello and welcome a few guests uh, we'll start um with uh, a stranger. Hello, stranger. Charles Chicky Reeves. Hello. He's back. Uh, Sublime-UK.com. Front of house guys. Been out on the road with orchestral manoeuvres on the dark all over the shop. Where have you been? Yes. Uh, in October until December, we were all over the UK and the rest of Europe. Uh, and then February, we were all over Scandinavia and certain dates throughout the northern part of Europe. Well, actually, no. And then then Portugal. And then uh, in March, beginning March, we headed over to the States, and I just got back. So we've been, we drove like 30,000 miles around the States. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Chasing the sun. Yeah, basically. Well, it started out, we started off in a blizzard uh, on the Northeast Coast, and we finished up uh, in 40 degree weather in Florida. It's great. Loved it. But the th- bad thing about touring like that is you have to bring how, a lot of extra clothes. How do you pack? How do you pack for a trip yes. like that? <laughs> I have a secret. Well, it's not a secret. I'll tell everybody now. So my my front house rig is I carry a digital console with a, a rack, a stage rack. And the stage rack is a is a 20U box that's got lots of space in it. So I packed all of my clothes for the latter part of the tour in there. And all my winter clothes, I brought in a suitcase with me. And all that, all my stuff got shipped over via rocket cargo and went through customs and everything. And then when I finished up the tour, I packed all my winter clothes in that, and it went ah. back to the UK. And then I took everything else in the suitcase. Where do you put your? Also, okay, uh, I bought what do you do? Stuff okay, that thorny problem of dirty laundry though. Where does that go for the trip back? They can't. You can't put that in your spanking new Digico uh, console case. Surely. Actually, I, actually, I do because then when <laughs> they open it up, if they start searching it, they go, "Oh, it's a bunch of dirty laundry." Then they won't search through this stuff at all every time. Just so I could just put all kinds of contraband in there, but no, but like you know, you do, anything sure. I bought, not that I do, I, of course not, but you know, anything that that you know, like, like I bought, I bought quite a lot of stuff with it. I bought like a new Mac Pro and stuff like that, you know, and iPads and things, and um, it was easier just to ship it over than to carry it with me, so I put it in there and mixed it with my dirty laundry. I'll probably get arrested now, but anyway. Okay. Well, I might ask you a little later what what you might have uh, brought back with you, just uh, in terms because you usually come back with a thing or two. But we'll get on to our other guests yeah. first, and maybe we can yes. come back to you on that. Yes. Uh, we also okay. have uh, another guy uh, who we haven't seen for a long time, Mr. Mark Tinley, Sonus Magus, uh, runs a 
a music store in Glastonbury in the UK um, and uh, just dashed in at the last minute. How are you, Mark? You well? I'm all right. Yes, very well, thank you. And you move shops, right? No, I've... Um, oh, there's some kind of uh, ancient electrical problem with, like, rubber-coated wire from the 1950s that was going to kill everyone, so they've closed the entire complex for a week to sort something out with the fuse board or something. So I've got a week off. Oh, right. Awesome. All of these piles of things, which I've been meaning to do, I'm starting to realize that I don't A week isn't enough to catch up on them, actually. <laughs> well, um, the, first, the first week you make lists, right? <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm... Oh, my God. No, I'm in the... See, the way I tidy the shop up is when I... I kind of make things on the counter and every so often I end up with so much stuff on the counter that people can't see in the glass cabinet that's there anymore. So I just get a big box and I sweep the whole lot uh, into the box and then I put it somewhere and I've got about 14 boxes like that. And I'm one by one going, oh my God, this is stock. What's this doing in here? And things that should be selling for like 50 quid and God knows what else, all mangled in with old sweet wrappers and half-empty aspirin packets. and ah. It's just incredible. I don't know how I, sus- I make so much mess. But. I suspect you need a visit from Mary Portas. She's the... Uh, the Mary Portas. She's the uh, UK's kind of TV personality for sorting out retail outlets. She comes in and goes, right, what we need to do is we need to put racks here, you need to do this, you need to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like they're sort of restaurant fixer, but she fixes shops and organises wow. them. That sounds that sounds really useful. I could definitely do with that. Yeah, maybe you can apply. Maybe you can apply. I don't know. I organise my studio space as well. I don't think she does that. I think it's mostly retail, and to be honest, it seems to be mostly to do with fashion retail. So you might need to get a few t-shirts in. Yeah. So uh, that was probably. I got some very fashionable ukuleles the other day. (laughs) (laughs) There's a title there, right? Hold on, fashionable ukuleles. Sorry, I'm going to write that one down. I like I like that. Those are two words that don't ordinarily come one after the other. Although ukulele fashion, no, it has to be ukuleles, fashionable ukuleles. Well, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we're going to also say hello to, again to Mr. Jamie Liddell, who's in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Ace performer, yes, songwriter, all of that. In from the, the Wooden Lounge. In the library. <laughs> and welcome from the library. Yes. So Mark. how much roof space is there above the steps? Because that looks Can like you could... Sh- you could uh, Ah, right. So I was going to say you couldn't. You couldn't do a kind of. Oh my lord! You couldn't do like a, a turn it into a, a staircase and sort of have some kind of video descent into uh, into your playing position. Open a video that way. I'm just thinking out. You know, random thoughts here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it doesn't hey, quite man. work. Anything's possible. Anything for you, Nick. I like you know a few broken legs. I mean, who cares? It looks like the sort <laughs> of place you you could do. You could do one of those awesome like. Uh, endless domino <laughs> runs, you know, from the top of that down the side, drop a little barbel into something else, you know, huge one of those. If you had the time it, to set yeah. it up, of course. That, that, of course, yeah. Um, uh, I've got a two and a half year old, and I'm sure. Well, the problem with that is it takes so long to set up, and he'd just knock it down at all all stages of construction. So yeah, I've yeah. got two years to wait for that. But hey, maybe you know, so. We grow well, into the- that. That's a, that's a great. I'm going to file that under dad activities. Or a train set. It's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, perfect. what have you been up to then, Jamie? Have you been uh, productive this week? <laughs> we'll have a minute to. Yeah, it's been it's been all right. I've been uh, um, in Nashville. There's this big conference going on now called Music Biz, which is uh, you know 
quite unimaginative. It's not as good as you know fashionable ukuleles, which is definitely, you know, they should have thought about that. But um, yeah, a bunch of folks came through, and I've been chatting. Uh, I basically was on a panel with a bunch of the dudes from uh, Native Instruments because you know they've got that Sounds.com coming out, part uh, yeah. of the uh, the world of uh, sample uh, accessibility and uh, the the vast world of how to meta tag. You know, six hundred thousand sounds in a useful way for for people Oof. to make stuff quickly. Uh, so I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been uh, in the world of chats. I've, yeah, of course, I've been doing the the podcast. I've got my new one up with Sean O'Brien. There we go. Yeah, I'm putting that up there. That's Jamie Liddell music. Uh, Sean O'Brien, and, right there. Uh, yeah, and I made music in the episode using this only this. What <laughs> with is no that? input connected. Is that a Boss analog it's delay? A, an old oh Ibanez. No, an old Ibanez. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I just I just let it go into self oscillation and uh, generated music solely from a, a delay pedal feedback. Nice. So uh, that that's also in the show. So, yeah, I've been doing various bits, a few co-writes, and uh, you know, on with my uh, on with my dad life. Really, it's a priority, of course. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad it's all going well. That sounds pretty good. Um, obviously, these the, the week it seems like Superbooth was this sort of great outpouring of stuff. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. So there's a, not a massive amount of new releases this week, just purely because, you know, everybody sort of shot their uh, shot their best load at uh, the Super Booth, I suppose, <laughs> if that's a, not too uh, unpleasant way of putting it. Um, so, uh, but we do have this, which is a new Moog. Oh, I said Moog right. This is the Grandmother, which is an interesting name for a synthesizer. Semi-modular, desktop, uh, they've gone for the sort of colour-coded thing. It reminds me a bit of a 70s electronics kit crossed with a, a Rogue. 37 keys, sequencer, and yes, you can hear a spring reverb on there as well. In 2011, we began our Legacy Modular project where we began reintroducing some of Bob Moog's early oh, This is a documentary which kind of talks about the build process and all those things. Uh, these are available. You, they, they made 500 available for Moogfest, which is happening this weekend coming i believe in Asheville, uh where you get that and you can get a, a, a limited edition denim jacket to go with it which i don't know what it might say across the back moog grandmother i don't know it's interesting <laughs> I, I i've yet to see and that in itself will be quite an interesting news item we see what it says on the on the denim jacket as well probably some tasteful patch embroidery of some kind um and yeah, it's the it, it's got the Moog uh, ladder filter, and it's also got a high pass filter, a couple of oscillators. Um, Jamie, I'm going to come to you first because you've got a couple of Moogs in the background. So uh, Moogie Moogie, yes. you liking the color? Do you like the color color of this? What do you, what do you reckon? I love it. I love it. I love the whole thing. But I'm one of those who, yeah, I think when people do get kind of drawn into the sort of uh, uh, you know the retro allure and possibly distracted along the way and get it wrong i think this is this is really getting it right things like the spring reverb i mean i'm a, a huge fan of that and just popping it on board you know that's just tasty they've got some good in and out points so you can you can you know connect it with other stuff and sounds really good i love the form factor the colors are really cool I just think it's. I am. I'm a big fan. I just. It's channeling a bit of Radio life. Shack, isn't it? As well, there is a sort of yeah, uh, which are quite is quite nice. I mean, I put that in the headline. And I think people thought that was maybe a, a kind of disparaging comment, but I didn't think it wasn't supposed to be. There we go. Yeah, I heard that Moog was actually really upset when that uh, <laughs> thing with realistic happened. That was like yes, a really well, no, they were like yeah. 
preemptive Behringer moment, and uh, I think it was, yeah, it was definitely a source of major contention. So it's all maybe this is like uh, payback, limited edition payback. Well, there, there are the the actual unit itself isn't limited. They're just selling. I think they're selling five hundred edition, five hundred limited editions, special editions, which are the Moogfest editions oh. at Moogfest. And uh, you know, normally they st- cool. it's a bit like Google always being in beta. You know, like the Sub Thirty Seven was sort of always a limited edition, but they made quite a lot of them. And I don't know how many yeah, they're I making see. of this, but it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I'd love one. They're really cool. They're, they're, I just think they look good. I'd, I'd use that all the time. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I you know, I, I suppose the thing I find I get less excited about is the, the the ladder filter kind of thing. I just find that you know, it's just like it would be nice if uh, there was uh, uh, something else going on. Um, I don't know, Ch- uh, Charles. Sold. Uh, <laughs> let me just hit record. I've got to hit record Epic here because I'm going to record. There yeah, we I'm go. just hitting record there. So, Charles, Charles, Sold. Let, let's pretend there wasn't an edit <laughs> point there. Yes. Those undies caused a brownout. Yeah, That's something right. along those lines. Yeah, I I love this keyboard. I love the demo. I love, um, yeah, I love the fact that it's you know you can bang on it and it makes the spring reverb actually make noise with a real spring reverb instead of a digital imitation of a spring reverb. Yeah, I'm sold. I love it. Will you uh, be Will you be making the uh, making the unwise purchase? Yes, I will. I will. In fact, I'll, pro- I'll probably go over to America again because I go over there so much. I'm going to be back over there at some point this summer. So I'll see if I can get another, get one while I'm over there. But I, I actually have a friend who lives in town, so maybe I'll have him go pick me one, pick up one for me this weekend. Awesome. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that's even going to be possible given the uh, the amount of um, oops, excuse me, Mark, the amount of uh, uh, demand there will be. I mean, they seem what they seem to do is figure out just the right amount to make to make sure that they will definitely sell all of them, which is great. I yeah. mean, five hundred units. Uh, I think they're eight hundred ninety nine US dollars. I believe yeah. it's that's the price, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. I know, Mark. Are you thrilled at the prospect? I mean, I don't. Do you own any Moog stuff, or is it? Are you like me, one of those people who could never afford it, and it never fitted with your the mix of your crappy eight bit synths when you were uh, coming up through the? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think uh, my Myers Briggs type is innovator, if I remember rightly, and I find it really difficult to buy into anything that's been around for this long so i'm not really into nostalgic vintage or uh old ways of doing things i always want the newest thing to show up i want to plug it in and i want to do something incredible with it the moment i plug it in i used to go out and buy synths just so i could you know whenever anything new came out just so i could kind of be inspired by something that was leading edge so i can't find that much about this that inspires me really so regardless of whether i could afford it or whether it would fit into my uh workflow or anything else i just can't see myself buying one it just doesn't make any sense to me it's like haven't you know and the fact it's called grandmother as well it's just yeah that's probably because of the that's i think that's probably because of the mother 32 and it's like a bigger version of that isn't that right yeah yeah i suppose that's true yeah. It just looks old to me. Sorry. I, I quite like the colour. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe it should be I'm brown curious, and orange, curious, really. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. want to say anything particularly negative about it. It's just I want things to be like, I want people to invent new stuff and to show me new stuff. And so. What's new, though? What's actually What's new? new? 
Um, yeah. What would That's be good. new? I want some. I want uh, something that can process audio in the same way as my brain processes that VR reality when I put my son's HTC Vive on. So I want I want synthesis to take a leap into three dimensions. I suppose so, and I wow. know that's a difficult thing to do. And I want uh, all of the components of my synthesizer to be made from little convolution modules. So each thing is um, a, a kind of a a, convolve, a string of convolver engines uh, which can process stuff in 3D. That's what I want to see. Right, okay. Well, that, I mean... Will it have a spring reverb on it then? Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> What's that? Can you hit it and go boing? I mean, yeah, but no, virtually probably. That would be, yeah, well, uh, you could do a VR spring Mate. reverb. Um, it seems like the... Um, I can buy a... I can buy a reverb spring from Fender. You know the reverb spring that goes inside a Fender amplifier? They sell those on their own for about $40, I think. So you could buy one of them and just hook it up on a send and return if you want that sound. Then you can kick it all day long. Can I kick it? That's true. Yes, you can. There's another one. I, hold on, there's another title. Can I kick it? Kick the reverb. I feel really bad, but I just it's, it just doesn't inspire me at all. So I, I apologise to Moog for feeling this way, but it's, you know. It's fair enough. Yeah, no, it's good. It's fair enough. It's totally fair enough. It's good that we've got a futurist in the house. Yes. Futurist in I the house. The overrated, but there you go. Futurist <laughs> in the house. Oh. So they're just coming thick. Uh, it seems like the, um, I'm being told that the live stream is actually not uh, sending any audio, which is uh, slightly <laughs> problematic. So what Thank I might God do, uh, what we, we might do, is just time. is just stop it a sec and restart. So we'll just hold tight a sec. I won't be long. Give us, uh, give us. A, nobody's going to hearing this apart from me. Right. Hold on one sec. Be back in thirty seconds. Hello. Uh, hopefully we're back with some sound and perhaps uh, people can tell us whether or not we've got our uh, got our sound back. One, two, testing. Perhaps you can tell me in the chat room whether we've got any sound. Hello there. Standing by. One, two. Yep. Oh, we're back. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, Anarchy in the house. Picture of live stuff, isn't it? That's that's the beauty of it all. That's what happens when things are live. Um, so yes, that was the Moog uh, grandmother uh, available this weekend, and we're not sure what's going to happen afterwards. But uh, mixed, mixed. Uh, uh, every, did, did everybody get a say? <laughs> Overall, a thumbs up. Did everybody get a say? Sorry, I'm a bit flustered because I missed whether or not uh, we we did things not in really the right you, order. Nick. Not really me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you kind yeah, of. Uh, well, I know. I yeah, think. I, mean, I, I think it looks. I think it looks really nice. What yeah. I've heard sounds really nice. I just. It just feels like another yeah, way yeah, to present yeah. the same thing. That's. The, I suppose that's right. the. That's the. That's my only misgiving about it. And, 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 I, and yeah. I think the the thing that seems to make it stand out are the colours, and, the spring reverb, which aren't really synthesis um, things. But that's okay. I mean, I true, think true. it's a good entry point, and it's it's going to have a different flavour. It's not saturate. Right. So anyway, let's. Uh, Let's see what it may be the time to do. We'll take a break while I re compose myself and uh, we can have a word from uh, our friends at Isotope. Of course, uh, this is Isotope Neutron 2, which are uh, very kindly being offered as a prize for this week's show. Uh, basically, it's a fantastic mix processing and uh, audio processing set of plugins that give you dynamic EQ, tonal balance, soft saturation. 
uh, different compressor style, compressor gates, dynamic EQ, uh, multi-band compressors. Uh, there's also, if you've got the advanced version, tonal balance, which allows you to sort of visualize the shape. Masking meter, which I actually got an email from Rich Hilton who said he's, actually, he's been living with this. He just said it's absolutely fantastic for sorting out the bottom end that perhaps you can't hear in a, in a fully treated room, which not everybody's in at all times. Uh, hysteresis and hold on the gate, uh, multiband transient shaper again, which is another uh, unique feature. Add p punch to percussive elements, multiband exciter as well. So there's lots and lots of ways you could use this. I mean, the o the uh, neutron two will work in comparison in conjunction with the ozone eight as well. So you can uh, uh, edit instances of neutron two for within neutron eight to set uh, change the characteristics of a mix. Just so many options, and if you want to check it out, uh, go to isotope.com forward slash neutron. You'll be able to try a full demo, uh, I think it lasts for 10 days, so you'll be able to get the whole thing. So I should quickly just say, we did have a competition which we ran uh, last week, uh, which was, what did we ask you? Uh, uh, we were looking for mix masking meter and neutron too. We have a winner, and it's called, uh, something called Dennis Kemp the Second. Uh, DT Kemp 1 or Kempel, I'm not sure, Kemp 1 perhaps it says. Uh, if you want to get in touch, we'll be able to send you a copy of Neutron 2. Uh, we've also got a competition this week as well, of another copy of Neutron 2, you can win that again. Uh, if we go to uh, Twitter, well, it's via Twitter, we need looking for the hashtag Visual Mixer and the hashtag Neutron 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Uh, the hashtag visual mixer, the hashtag neutron two to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Actually, speaking of hashtags, I don't know. Does anyone watch the uh, Eurovision Song Contest anymore? I, it's a yearly uh, thing for me because I usually sit in Twitter and write snarky comments about everybody and, um, <laughs> whilst drinking, and then all these people who follow Sonic State go, "What's this? What? What is this?" And I have to explain to them because they can't watch the Eurovision Song Contest. And of course, this year uh, um, Israel won with a really sort of offbeat and unusual pop tune did you do is that something you take take uh, any interest in jamie it's one of those things it's like a kind of private uh, secret it's, it's like having a, one of those secret uh vices where you know you like you might enjoy thomas the tank engine or something do you know what i mean but don't like to talk about it is your revision one of yeah. your secret pleasures sadly not i mean i do remember <laughs> you know the glory days of bucks fizz and stuff of course uh but then uh, yeah it's sort of Nah, it's a bit shit, really, isn't it? But I mean, yeah, uh, basically. I, what, what did what did catch my eye on Twitter though was uh, a great musician friend of mine, Max Tundra, who I hope you're aware of because he is truly amazing. But uh, he 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 earnestly said that he would he would want to write the UK's Eurovision entry, which I thought was bold and refreshing so uh you know if max was to write one i would probably tune in because he's a yeah you know potent force and a creative creative you know workhorse so you know that would that would do it for me but That's interesting. Uh, yeah it's difficult isn't it because i i think what happens in a lot of countries who aren't maybe known for topping international charts with their musical output, it has a higher right. relevance because it's that it, there's no, there's not necessarily a difference between what's happening in their pop charts and what's happening in the Eurovision. Whereas in the UK and probably, you know, US, if they were involved with, there would be a difference and it feels, it, it you know, people treat it somehow inferiorly. I, I, I don't know, Charles, Chicky Reeves, uh, is that something you've, have you ever been approached to work with a Eurovision artist? No, 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 it's not, not only that, it's, I've tried watching one when I first moved over here to the UK years ago, and then haven't tried since. Ah, <laughs> just, oh, never mind. Sorry, just, just me then. 
it's just not my thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> just what about what about in the Tinley household? Do you uh, are you do you, some people have parties, Mark, where they 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 either bring drinks from all the all the countries or foods. So every act that comes <laughs> on, they have to have like you know sauerkraut or whatever it may be, just a little snack or a little <laughs> drink from every single country. It turns into quite a kind of wow. uh, fun and interesting evening for some people. I've never done that before, but you've actually got me quite excited by Eurovision Song Contest now. Well, look, Food, there we go. No. Yeah, I like that idea. It's, I oh, dare well, say that. some people think yeah, sounds, it sounds bad, like it might be... Um, no, it wasn't. You know. No, it wasn't me. Not this time. Yeah. No, uh-huh. And I've not done it, but I, I, I keep thinking, oh, I should have organised it. That would be quite fun. Um, no, the other right. thing, the other thing that uh, that uh, I did notice because I was I, as I was um, dri- I was driving home and on the radio was the the BBC entertainment correspondent whatever and was talking about Eurovision and because it, it is an anomaly in many ways and what they said was <laughs> a very high percentage of Eurovision winners are written by Swedes. There you really? Go. The, yeah. And the vegetable. It, no, you know Swedish pop oh. pops pensters. Ah, anyway, that's yeah, it. But that's, but that's, but they, re, they write everything. So basically, yeah. it's just more of the same. I suppose so. It's Swedes. We dominate. Dominance. Yeah. yeah. Is that, why is it that the Swedes? I mean, is it just efficiency? I mean, not to be you know, terribly. There, there's actually a, there's a really good book on the subject called the, I think it's called The Song Factory or, or the, yeah, The Song Factory it came out about two years ago. And it's an excellent book about that. It's this guy who writes for, yeah. I think, for the New York Times. He was taking this kid to school one day, and this kid started selecting all this music on the radio. And he's like, "What is it about this music that is like really drawing him in?" So he began this big investigation yeah. to the sort of the history of pop music, and the vast majority of this focuses on this group of people from Sweden and the history of how even they came up. Um, it's quite fascinating. It's 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 really it's not about an efficiency thing. It's it's about or some of it is about a a cult a, a cultural thing that was inspired. Uh, there was a, a strong movement in Sweden years and years ago to try to get away from having any Western music at all, and so everyone got these classical music educations. And what, what you ended up with was basically people who had this great classical education who then went on to become ABBA and and people like that. And you know, it's sort of like once you're on top, you know, it's very easy to keep having people on top in your in your organization and they've just sort of been on top for the past 30 40 years that's really Is interesting it? yeah i yeah. didn't know yeah, that cool. uh, interestingly also uh, in case you're wondering abba have uh, re reformed or re-coagulated well, have, to, or, or, or got back together for a studio session which is coming out in in december which is uh, I, I know this hasn't got much to do with electronic music, although they they were kind of they did use a lot of the technology of the day. I really hope it's good. I I would hate for it to be that. Oh look, what's happened to them scenario? Really, because in many ways, you know, lots of people hate or love ABBA, but for the time, they are probably the most perfectly crafted pop songs, you know, Absolutely. as a body of work in in existence. If that's There's not part of any of the songs where there isn't a hook. <laughs> What's can't, that? I can't. I can't allow that one to pass without Go on, <laughs> strongly then. disagreeing. Okay. But uh, you know, I'm just going to only say that much because obviously it's a contentious issue. But I did notice that um, boy George snarkily was saying, "What have they run out of money?" <laughs> which uh, you know, which is uh, I don't know. I mean, it does. I very it does much seem doubt a it. bit odd. I no, very I much doubt it. Yeah, I very much doubt it. Imagine the imagine the rev revs that they generate even today. Now, hey, hey, listen, Cra- crafts people definitely. But, um, yes. Yeah. Crafting. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Should we leave it at that? Personally, but yes. Well, I, 
and I, the only reason that I say this is because it's one of those, th- you know, quite often you pick one of their songs and you find that you know every single element, even like the hi-hat fill, you know when it's coming yeah. in, even that's a hook. You know, everything yes. in it is so perfectly oh, placed. And that, I, I suppose, in terms of pop, what pop is for, then, you know, you've got to kind of credit where credit's due in many ways. Anyway, let's get on to something that maybe has yeah, something to do with music technology. Too. What was it? Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. We've got another topic. So that's not it at all. Because I know what happened is my uh, my system crashed, and that means that I basically uh, didn't uh, save all my video locations, which is really, really annoying. So maybe I can do it from here instead. This is, that's right, uh, if I come to here, this is yes. the Control-X MIDI controller, which is going to be a kickstart thing. Let's see if this will work. Yeah, that's a good start. Good. So this is uh, Hi. an interesting this idea. This is the original idea with which Control-X was born to create a really quick controller to reach any value immediately, as if we had the hardware of all our software. The structure is really simple. There- Hold on, that's the MIDI controller, but, ah, here we go, this is probably what I wanted. Wrong video, again, flustered. Let's have a look. So the idea is this matches up with the plugin and the hardware come together, which is, it's not an entirely new concept, but in terms of virtual instruments, it's possibly. So uh, this is, Obviously the plug-in, and then you've got the hardware that goes with it, which has got a screen and the knobs and all of that stuff. And I just thought, oh, that's you know, it's a, it's a bold idea. We don't know how much it's going to cost. I think it's going to kickstart in May. But this idea, because obviously software, it, it, in terms of features, is always going to sort of uh, uh, we all over hardware, because hardware is generally a fixed architecture and there's not much you can do about it. Whereas uh, in this situation, we've got the possibility of changing it and then having the uh, mix up between the hardware and software. I'm going to come to you, Jamie, first again, just purely because mm. you, you know you've you on the record on the show have said you know that software is kind of where it's at really in terms of uh, uh, yeah I innovation. Mean, what do you think about this as a concept? W- um, I wish them well, uh, because I think obviously everyone wants to sort of get their hands on the intent, the uh, the power of the uh, the the ever moving software world. So, I mean, the problem with software is it's on its own, isn't it? It's sort of uh, you you might not know what you know the engine is behind a great new innovative software product. It might be controlling the grains of some bizarre new synthesis mo- like mode that might not possibly fit nicely into a subtractive synthesis model for example so it, it, it seems a little bit churlish to uh put a template over all if that is what indeed they're doing i, I must admit I haven't looked into it but um at the same time i just discovered i can use my little avid artist mix inside ableton and it's been amazing just uh assigning midi to sliders i mean it seems absolutely ridiculous but they're really good sliders and and uh i much prefer sliders to knobs so uh yeah i just uh i like the idea i mean obviously omnisphere are all about it and 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 really there was a lot of excitement about sort of making software something that you could really get your hands on again like obviously that's i, I love that I, I like to sit in front of them and get involved with it so that's the, like that's that in the end that'd be awesome that's the kind of the chase, isn't it? I mean, yeah, as in the yeah. chat room has pointed out, the, the boutiques with the plug outs, you know, that's another, uh, we've got a piece of hardware with that sort of side of things. I know, Mark, I don't know what yeah. you think about this. I mean, the um, the thing is, the new MIDI CI uh, 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 
initiative, which if that comes out, you can query software or any hardware and it will tell you what it's got available. So this is, might actually introduce a whole new breed of MIDI controllers that don't require a load of setup, even if it is tied in directly to the hardware. But I mean, there are t I guess there are two questions here. What do you think of this and what do you think of that? <laughs> um, what I think of this is that my first impression of it is that it's an Arduino um, so it's a computer, right? And yeah, it's well, yeah, it's good control, software. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I would want to hear what the VST plugins actually like, uh, and uh, I quite like the idea, but I would want to see how it was implemented because I've got, had so many of these kind of controller things, which I think, oh, this is the answer to all my problems. I'll be able to like control like loads of stuff with this, and then actually, it just generates loads of work because you have to set all sorts of stuff up. Um, the only thing that's ever really, really worked for me, really, really, really worked for me, in fact, is the Ableton Push 2, which I've got sitting in front of me, which just happens to work with all of the Ableton plugins and is really well implemented. And I noticed that the uh, the knobs on this look remarkably like the knobs on the Ableton Push, don't they? They've got that little top hat kind of thing going on. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. I'd, I'd like to try one and see, you know, see how it works. I think... Um, Arduino in general is a very interesting platform. It's uh, quite a powerful platform. I think um, as a as a central brain to something, it's probably at least as powerful as the stuff that we were using with MIDI in the 1980s. So uh, I don't know. Uh, without without knowing the price point and without yeah, uh, it is a little bit what the plugin sounds like. I'm not sure, but it looks good. It looks like it could be a, a viable thing. It could be. I mean, I, I suppose that my, my other point was the fact that with the new MIDI CI, which is bound to be implemented in software first, because, you know, this is, uh, no, what's it, uh, capability inquiry. So it'll say, these are the controls I've got. Uh, what do you want? So releasing a, a, fit, a sort of fixed architecture controller at the moment feels like perhaps poor timing, because effectively you could oh. use that in software to have an interface that looks a bit like this, or maybe it will be uh, adaptable, that could just... You know, you plug a synth in and it just says, I'm here, this is what you can have. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? That never works out, though. I mean, even with the auto map and things like that, all the knobs are in the wrong place for me whenever anything like that yeah, happens. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. think, I, I don't need all that on this page. If I've got eight knobs and it gives me 64 parameters, it never seems to intelligently put the, the parameters which you would expect to have near one another they just kind of go in order of list of the way that the thing's programmed rather than doing anything useful so yeah um, i suppose but that i guess that's again, the sort of thing that could be could be you know look up tables and the preferences you know a matrix and stuff charles what do you think yeah. yes. a, of the, a of the concept and b of the the forthcoming midi ci which might make something like this slightly obsolete yeah um i well the software the, the software synth they had I didn't hear anything particularly special about it. You know, maybe maybe it's going to be great. I don't know. But I didn't hear anything special. The, but this controller, I, I like the idea of it. But it's like, you know, I have my Push 2, and I've got a couple of other little controllers, but I really only use the Push 2 because, you know, I, just, I don't really need another controller, you know. I, and really, as far as if I'm going to use a software synth, I don't really have that much trouble with, you know, using the trackpad and, you know, dialing things in. Um, and if I'm using a synth that's not software, you know, like the Matrix Fruit, you know, I like having a hands-on thing. It's, 
something is like slightly skeuomorphic about it. The idea of like feeling like you got to have this hands-on thing with something that's a piece of software. I, I don't know. It, it does. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I guess it's a, it, it like uh, maybe a better, better, better metaphor would be like putting some kind of place to attach your horses to the front of your car, just in case you really want to have a horse pull your car. It's like, I, I don't really see a need for it. Maybe there is a need for it. It is, but if it's super cheap, I mean, like super cheap. Okay, yeah, you know, a little touchscreen thing with some knobs on it, great. But you know, I just, <clears throat> I can't really get into something like this. It's just not my thing. Did 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 you see the news of the Omnisphere two point five uh, with the hardware maps, which is quite an interesting concept, which is again a similar flavor. So, well, they effectively have created hardware maps for twenty cents, and you just dial it up and then whatever synth you've if you've got that synth you get one for one control of a synth that's built to reflect the similar architecture of that synth so you you can control the whole interface from your hardware synth but oh that's great so yeah i mean it's a similar sort of concept i suppose but without the need to buy anything else if you've already got one of the synths and omnisphere i suppose yes yeah bigger investment uh, uh, this is anyway. Uh, it's from somebody called now uh, what are they called? Mike Lop, Mike Lop, and uh, it's going to be this. I found this on Synth Anatomy, who's getting to be very uh, fast and uh, finding lots of really good stuff. Do check that out, synthanatomy.com. And uh, Control X is going to be coming out. Let's have a look. Uh, oh gosh, where is it? Kickstarter in May, so sometime later this month. So we'll find out just how much it is, and I guess I guess price will be the main concept. All right, then um, I'm going to have to. Uh, this is going to be the same issue I've got because basically I haven't got any. Uh, let me see if I can find the video online for <laughs> for the next piece because I didn't save the document before it crashed, which is a, a, a lesson, folks, that you really must learn. So this is a Node Live I'm looking for. Oh so yeah, this is, this is great. Node Live. I had to scroll down a bit because they're a surprising number. I can re- I can resend you the link that you sent me if you want. Yeah. I well, I've got the link, but it's it was actually. Um, oh damn it! Ah, here we go. Live at the Royal College of Music, which is where the album's from. So this is sort of trailer for the uh, Live at the Royal College of Music. The album's now available on Din Records, which is Ian Body's uh, label. This is sort of modular synth supergroup. If there is such a thing, uh, which features Dave Bessel, Ed Buller, Flood, that's him there, and uh, Mel Wesson. And they basically improvise live, so they say. I mean, I can't imagine you just show up with no patches, nothing plugged in, and then just hit go. I expect they've got some stuff sort of vaguely organised, but no computers, apparently, all sequences. And this is an album of uh, the tracks from that live, and this was at the Royal College of Music in 2015. And hold on, let me find my mouse. Guys, nothing worse than being completely prepared for a, a show and then it all falling <laughs> apart and being completely unprepared for a show. I don't know, it's like one of those nightmares, isn't it? You, we all have those performing anxiety nightmare dreams where you, you, you've, you've wandered onto a stage and someone goes, yeah, over here, ready? One, two, three, four, play that. And you go, uh, and you haven't got any trousers on, you know. I'm feeling a bit like that now. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, the live album from Node is a supergroup of uh, modular proportions. Um this is a great idea. The idea of a sort of synthesis supergroup, Mark. I kind of like the idea of this. Um, even though this has sort of slightly um, prog rockish kind of overtones to me. Um, hmm. 
I I don't know. I mean, God, what am I going to say about this? Well, you may, you don't, you, you either I mean, like the, it or you don't. From a, well, I like the idea of it from a technological standpoint, but I'm not always keen on the music that comes out of those things. So um, the whole idea that somebody's going to wheel that amount of gear into a place and hook it all up and actually, uh, and and switch it on and then get something that's consistently musical out of it is bloody brilliant. Um, but uh, I want I want music to move a bit faster and I want it to have more of a bleeding edge and uh, so I don't know which I guess you could do as well. But the people that those particular people write something much more musical than I would uh, write if I was doing that gig. <laughs> I think I'd have. <laughs> I'd have electrical uh, explosions, thunderstorms and things spinning around people's heads, which they may have done at one point during it, but I don't think it would work to turn what I would do with it into an album. So I don't know. It, mm. uh, I like the idea of it. I, I know, uh, Charles, I I'm suspect... four gold stars out of five. Go- Excellent. That's yeah. good. I mean, you know, you as a front of house guy, Charles, must realise that in this situation, yeah, they showed up. They, I bet you they got in maybe the day before, got it all set up, got everything running, maybe had a couple of rehearsal sessions and then did the gig. I mean, that's my guess. Probably. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, especially as a front of house guy, I, I would really hope so. Because <laughs> you just don't... I mean, in the interview that's that's on the, the site, um, they talk about that's how... Synthtopia, sort of yeah. Sleep. Yes, I've told you how they how they've sort of each gone into their individual roles and like you know Flood is doing the more of the bassier the low end stuff so I would sort of plan for things like that um, but yeah just not knowing what's going to come out you know that said though I love the idea of this and yeah it is kind of proggy but <clears throat> like so uh, as I mentioned before the show uh, I'm doing a soundtrack thing right now a scoring thing and um, typically what I do is I tend to improvise through through the whole film you know i'll watch a, a film about 10 times and improvise all the way through and then grab what i like out of it so the idea of just showing up not really knowing what you're going to do and improvising seems like i love stuff like that and invariably whatever i end up doing uh is becomes quite musical which doesn't always work for soundtracks which, which is why i will filter certain things out but you know i, I like the idea of coming up with melodic ideas just live on the fly while people are sitting there watching me. I really enjoy that. So I, th- I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I, and I know Flood is definitely capable of doing stuff like that. Um, I used to have a studio directly across from him. And, uh, and you know, the stuff I heard coming out of him always sounded amazing. You know, he had, of course, an incredible synth collection in there. So it's, there's always beautiful stuff coming out of there. Yeah, he is a very creative guy. I, I was fortunate enough to co- not collaborate, but I worked on a session. He did some uh, production work with Goldfrap on a couple albums back, and I was brought in at one point to kind of sort out some mess and you know maybe program some rhythms and stuff. And I always remember because I did something that was you know I just had a go, and and sent it in sent the stereo mix, and they went, yeah, that's great. Can we just have the stem? And they didn't want any of the individual stuff, and I just felt so chuffed that it, that he'd been part of the process of evaluating what I'd done and used it as was. I, I, I don't know if it ended up, but he would obviously, he would sit there with synths and just kind of improvise stuff and then, you know, distill and stuff and, and work in that way, like you say. I know, Jamie, I mean, yeah. you know, you do this sort of thing all the time, don't you? Except your setup's probably not, as doesn't take two or three days to kind of uh, fine tune and tweak. I mean, it's the result of a lot of, a lot of that ongoing evaluation, but I mean, you don't have to move something uh, that might not go out of tune or might need a service once you'd put it, once you'd set it up and have the engineer on hand to get it working again. So often, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, except for my voice. 
<laughs> I well, mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's only it's only one one oscillator, so you can it's relatively easy to keep that in tune. But uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 a bold proposition. You know, it takes me back to uh, videos I used to love watching uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra back in the day, and uh, just think, wow, those guys actually did that with that much gear. That's just spectacular. And you know, it's cool just to see people trying to coax sounds out of massive. <laughs> sort of uh, slightly uh yeah wild beasts so it's, it's slightly like you know cut you know moving like wind it's like kind of channeling winds <laughs> yeah you know, i suppose so. it's like channeling weather it's like sort of like a relatively chaotic system that you're somehow like this way and uh you know of course uh there's a lot of arpeggiation, probably but uh it, it sounds like it could be a good little listen i used to love you know it's it's very old school, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is actually Dare quite I old say. school. It does yeah. remind me a little bit old of one school. of those kind of vintage car rallies where he shows up with these really beautifully kind of <laughs> yeah. restored. And everyone goes, check out my, you know, check check out my synth. There's a there is a sort of element of um, that's why I was talking about prog, not not prog rock in that sense, but in terms of excess, you know, this kind of huge yeah. beast that you have to sort of set up in order to make True. some music, and then some kid could come along with a laptop or a synth and a reverb and get everybody rocking without having to go to all that trouble. You know, I mean, in some ways it's sort of, it would be more impressive if it True. was three mono synths and they made this beautiful thing rather than this massive, which I'm sure they would be capable of as well. Absolutely yeah. be capable of. But still a great spectacle. Oh yeah. I mean, I would, I would go and see it. I thought it was a I recent game. Sorry. I want to hear stories about them having to put all of the equipment on stage using forklift trucks. That would make it much more exciting. <laughs> You want a making, making of, a, a making of video, yeah, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that's so much yeah. gear that they had to wheel, you know, bring it in on, on, on pallets, on forklifts, and twelve <laughs> articulated lorries, and that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose the thing is, I wonder what the relevance is for people other than guys like us who are of a certain age and and can really appreciate those sort of synths uh, for what they are and you know what they represent. Whereas whether there's uh, whether there's so much relevance for a wider audience, I suppose it's a kind of it, it's of its time. But they've they've done a number of things. I mean, I'd be interested to see what they would do now. Whether they would do whether all node gigs would follow the same kind of principle of of having everything set up, or whether they might kind of set themselves equipment briefs or whatever, so that you could just set yourself a technical limitation. I mean, the technical limitation here is almost the fact that it's technically almost impossible to achieve, rather than <laughs> rather than the other way around, I suppose. Oh. I don't know. Um, okay, right. What's the... We've got perhaps... Uh, oh, yeah, we've got to do this one. We've got just time for this one. Hey, Mike. Um, ah, no, we haven't because I haven't got that one either. God damn it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to find it. Uh, uh, yeah, here we go. I'm going to get this now. Uh, that was a, that was another one of those embarrassing uh, data problems. This is basically Loop Pop, who uh, I think last Superbooth, he did uh, a, a rendition of Tubular Bells, on various synths that he went to demo. Uh, at this time, he's gone to Superbooth and he's done 20 plus synths in B flat. Uh, so let me see if we can, let's let's play this and see what this happens. This, so it's a Superbooth here. And I, I don't know quite how he does this. So each synth is demoed separately on the booth, which he's obviously working to a tempo and a key and then presumably somehow monitors what he's done back. I'm not quite sure how it would work. 
So this is Novation Peak. It's a lovely uh, progression, actually. This is uh, based on a piece by somebody called Yehexel Raz, uh, which is called NC Bemel. I, I hope I pronounced that. There's the uh, GR Tasty Chips GR2, GR1. Good, actually, that's the IK Multimedia Uno synth. Oh, very dreamy. Yeah. Sounds like something you'd write. Uh, yeah, no, it's way more structured than something I'd write. <laughs> oh. Anyway, great idea. Mark, I thought this might appeal to you. How do you think he did it? Let's start with that. How do I think he did it? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not an easy thing to achieve. Because bearing in mind, you go to a booth, it's really, really noisy, and then he has to play something on top of I guess maybe he has the bare bones of it, and he plays on top of it, uh, and then multi-tracks it, and then puts it all back together again, because it's fixed to the same tempo. My guess. I reckon he had it on a dat. A dat? <laughs> 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 Why not? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, some... I'm... Some of these demonstrators, they, they there should be a genre of music for demonstrators because some of them are like way beyond any of the uh, the kind of musicians we all go like, oh, that person's the best keyboard player in the world, or this person's the best guitarist. Some, you know, the I reckon demonstrators are the unsung heroes of music because they kind of <laughs> they can get uh, musical performances out of things that um, you know other people don't seem to be able to if you know what i mean so um that's true sometimes in some cases i would it? agree maybe well he is i mean i thought it was pretty good and i like the idea um I, I suspect that maybe he had i'm just trying to think what hardware there is without taking a laptop along that allows you to overdub on top of something else i mean i don't think the zooms do it there must be an, a recorder that allows you to over perhaps the chat room will be able to uh maybe it's doing it with loop yeah, I don't know. But, you know, you wouldn't want to take, like, that entire thing with you. Um, Jamie. Yeah. Enjoy that. That's great, isn't it? Wow, it's it, lovely, yeah. It lovely... Uh, what, a, what a lovely preemptive thing. The, the nicest part about that for me is that he saw the event coming up on the calendar and was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, this is going to be my way to, to pay attention to what I do. And, uh, you know, hats off because it's actually a really satisfying musical thing in and of itself and sort of does the uh you know ticks two boxes as it were because it's you know also helping those companies and showcasing the stuff so respect however he's done it i mean i think you're absolutely right he's got some kind of playback device or something i think i would imagine or he just knows the piece i mean you know if you if you if you practice the piece long enough you, you, you do, all you need is a click track you know, yeah, but you still—I suppose you, you, you yeah. What? Key. So you think might just have a metronome on his uh, on his phone or something? And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I suppose that's possible too. That. Do you think? You know, do you think like, I'm you know, overthinking for example, it? For example, if it was an ABBA song, you'd even know what the hi hats were doing. <laughs> so in the case of a man who's probably already worked out the piece, who's just going, "Oh, this is the bit that goes," I'm just going to do that, you know. And then, in a way, it's also a charming piece of music but um relatively it could it may well not be 
strict you know it might just be you know vibing in the key of b whatever b flat so, yeah i think the tempo's fairly solid yeah, uh, i'm not i, th- I think it, the, the tempo is pretty locked so and that in itself would be difficult because you know you'd have to you'd have to match it certainly right so you get the arpe- how would the arpeggio in the peak so you i think you'd have to base it on the first track that you recorded because otherwise yeah. Your te- your click track of what happened on some synth to where it might have been hotter or, or colder on the day where true, there's going to be a true. bit of bit of drift. Just an intro. You can check it out actually. It's, it's, true, a, man. it's impressive. Looppopmusic.com is where to go. Charles, what do you reckon? It's, I, this, I, I figured it. this would appeal to you after what you just said about the improvisation stuff. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really beautiful, and uh, I think I think yeah, Jamie's got it right. That's probably he probably did put it together that way. Um, and if he's and if he is really familiar with the piece that he was going to do, you know that's he, he probably knew all the parts and, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he did several takes of different instruments just and later put it all together along with the video just to see what would work. Um, but you know he, the guy is quite ingenious. Some of the stuff that he does, I, I, in fact, like I, the stuff he does with the organelle. Oh my god, it's just I, I love his <laughs> I love his video channel. That's absolutely fantastic video channel. Um, so yeah, hats up to him. That's great. It's great that he did that. Yeah, it's good. It's his quality. Yeah. It, it, it is an inspiring sort of way to kind of think about how to approach these relatively daunting displays of equipment and sort of make it, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Wise, I, I, so I, I, it's not overwhelmed. I, I agree. I mean, I can imagine it was a. S- like I say, it's a considerable amount of work. I mean, I know how much work it was for us and our team. And I know he's, he's, I met him at NAM actually. He's a really nice guy. I think he's based in Israel, Tel Aviv, possibly, or Jerusalem. I'm not sure, but I did meet him there. And like you say, his music stuff is great. And uh, uh, his, check out his, his YouTube channel as well. Uh, that's Loop Pop. Uh, good stuff. But yeah, a really, a brilliant way to approach the event itself and just differentiate yourself from a bunch of people shouting in a room trying to get a decent demo out of somebody who may or may not be prepared uh, because you want to be f- <laughs> you want to get the first video i mean you know that's just the way it goes i mean in terms of just regular gathering yeah. of the news it, you, sometimes there's a disadvantage of doing it that way but this is a nice sort of measured way and you also get a sense of oh that synth does this I'm, I'm, that's quite interesting maybe i should uh, look into that so it, it piques your interest as well which i think is a good idea um, they might allow him at the super booth just on his own next time. So if everything's clocked and then they put everything in the same key and they just put a bit of smoke in the room and it's like just a nice tracking one shot and he just kind of moves around all the synths and you know coaxes that would be awesome, crazy yeah. piece of music. Well, maybe, maybe, because now maybe, everyone likes him, so it, you know. Maybe he's angling for a there. gig. Maybe that's what he's yeah, actually yeah, doing. You know, there are a lot of performances out there. And, you know, some Fish of them, away, dude. Yeah, I would yeah. say that's a really good concept. Anyway, I think that's I'm going I'm going to try and um, uh, extricate for myself from this car crash of a technical uh, nightmare that the show has become and uh, try and uh, wrap things up a little bit in a sort of a semi-professional fashion by saying thank you very much to everybody for joining us. I want to say thank you for the guys and gals in the chat rooms, YouTube chat room uh, for hanging in there. I think we got the audio back on track. I'm just uh, the other th- reason why I'm slightly distracted is because I'm thinking how the hell am I going to stitch this together in the edit because the first part of the show recorded the second part of the show recorded that only the video, but not the audio. And then the second part of the show recorded the uh, um, 
as normal. So there's this whole centre section which will not be processed. We use uh, Neutron 2 actually across the output bus of this, which is also worth mentioning. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting challenge. And speaking of so Neutron 2... we were all 2, recording with a click, weren't we? Yeah, I hope I, so. I had a click going out. Yeah, something like that. I always try so, to just dub my parts in, back in. in. Yeah, mode. I'll send you. I'll send you a script, and you can dub the parts back in. Yeah, that would be great. And together <laughs> with the, uh, the the video munging compression, I'll see if I've got a plugin that can do that. Uh, but before so you can we just also... do reaction shots at the end of the show. Yeah, that's true. Like over the shoulder, over the shoulder stuff. Yeah, like so, sonic yeah. reaction shots. <laughs> sonic reaction shots. No, just humming and hollering. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. There's <laughs> another time that. Sonic reaction shots. I'm going to type that down. Sonic reaction shots. That'll be intriguing. Uh, but before we go, also should say, uh, don't forget, if you want to enter and win Isotopes Neutron 2, we're looking for the hashtag Visual Mixer and the hashtag Neutron 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Visual Mixer, one word, and the hashtag Neutron 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Uh, that's via Twitter. You'll be entered to the competition to win a copy of Neutron 2 next week. But in the meantime, we'll say goodbye to all our um, guests. Mark Tinley, thank you very much for joining us. I know it was a bit short... <laughs> short notice um but hanging in there and um pulling it together oh, at the well last minute hair otherwise you know look at that oh two it's pads of glasses <laughs> mark it wouldn't be the same if you didn't have a slightly wild and different hairstyle every time you came on the show that's part of the that's part you know of the what? thing i've forgotten about the chat room if we got where how do i get to the chat room uh, well, it, we've we've just finished the show, mate. So it's probably going to be uh, closing. I apologise to the chat room for not being right. on top of that. Never mind, Mark. Um, thank you very much for joining I'll, us. I'll then. be back in about eight months, probably. <laughs> when when so when does your show when does your uh, shop reopen again? Well, um, I went to speak to the landlord on Monday. Uh, he's officially closed it for a week, so officially it opens next Monday. But uh, about, they've things. got a replace 13 fuse boards or something so that sounds wow nice as well a lot it? of work he said it, there's a chance it might i might be able to open on saturday so you never know i might be out in the sun on glastonbury high street with all the lunatics <laughs> eating ice cream the free thinking um, the free thinkers yes. oh god it, i it, every time i every time i go up that high street it gets more and more crazy I thought I was a little bit mad before I moved here, but I, I've, uh, I've reframed that and put myself into being one of the sanest people in Glastonbury. And <laughs> there are some very unusual um, thought processes and ideas and beliefs and all sorts of things out there. So um, I don't worry about being mad anymore. And I recommend <laughs> that if you want to come somewhere colourful, vibrant, and interesting to visit Glastonbury for the day. Uh, and visit your shop. It's completely crazy. Yeah, come and buy something from me. <laughs> Absolutely. SonusMagus.com. Thank you very much, Mark. And also Mr. Jamie Liddell. Thank you. Jamie Liddell uh, there in Nashville, uh, where you're back, presumably Thanks, back to writing hit tunes and, um, uh, I don't know, uh, Infernal Machine um, sample packs oh, and all that jams. kind of stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah, hey, man, you know. Got to keep the lights on in this library. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Even with the, such. I, I, know, you should... <laughs> I was thinking, though, you could just do a whole thing in your shop, just battery powered gear. Yeah, it's that's like, a you know, If there's enough battery powered gear, then, then you know, so it's an opportunity yeah. to do this special battery powered stuff. While they uh, fix the fuse then, box. In I did get asked for that quite a lot, <laughs> battery powered amps. Yeah, yeah, lots of go. that going on. Uh, I'd just like to point yeah. out that Jamie Liddell, uh, also uh, jamieliddellmusic.com, 
for uh, hanging out with audio files. We've got uh, Sean O'Brien and uh, previous up to episode 18. So lots of good listening stuff, audio stuff there. Thank you very much, Jamie, for joining us. A Thanks. pleasure as appreciate ever. The, appreciate the plug in there, Nick. Very nice. No problem. But yeah, no, and I've, I've had some I've had some love and, and responses from people watching from the show. So thanks to everyone for, oh, for coming brilliant. on and checking. Glad the to hear it. Well. Appreciate it. Very good. Nice. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> and also, uh, Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, back in the country. You back back for a while now, or are you jetting off? Where's your Where's your next no, no, jet put? I, I think um, I'm going to Germany for a few shows, and then Poland for a show. But generally speaking, I'm in the UK for for kind of the foreseeable future. For at least for the rest of this year, we're doing a bunch of shows. But it's here, and then I've got a lot of stuff i gotta do here in the studio uh so i can't really leave the country too much so i'll be around i'll be around which is good excellent glad to hear it well on that note we'll say goodbye thank you very much for watching everybody uh that was sonic talk um sort of limped along technically but i'll try and stitch it all together so if you're watching this and wondering what i was talking about you obviously weren't watching live you're watching the recorded version thank you very much that's it for this week see you later bye